Blog Talk Radio. Here's Galchenia, Cantonier scores! And now it's Gallagher. Gallagher stepping in and shoots, scores! Alex Galchenia up for the drop, look at it, he's in alone, waiting, scores! This is the Habs 360 Podcast, featured on allhabs.net with your host, Chris G. All right, good afternoon, everybody. Welcome to episode 208 of the Habs 360 Podcast for this Saturday, April 22nd, 2017. My name is Chris G, and you can follow me on Twitter at ChrisG1980. So the Canadians have played five games in their series against the New York Rangers. And, well, unfortunately, the Canadians are on the wrong side of uh, that series. They are down 3-2. to two. When we left last, uh, last week's episode, the series was tied at 1. But since then, game number 3 on Sunday, Canadians beat the Rangers by a score of 3-1. to one. Then on Tuesday, game number 4, New York Rangers... Uh, beat the Habs by a score of 2-1 to one at the Madison Square Garden. And then Thursday night, back at the Bell Center, in overtime, the New York Rangers over the Montreal Canadiens by a score of 3-2. to two. So what does that mean? It means tonight, game number 6, 8 o'clock Eastern, the Canadians are facing elimination against the New York Rangers at Madison Square Garden. So our question of the day, what do the Habs have to do to come back and win the series. You can let us know via Twitter at the Habs360 Twitter account. You can go to the All Habs Facebook page and leave your comments there. And we will be opening up our phone lines uh, later on in today's episode to uh, take your phone calls as well. Joining us on the podcast in about uh, 20 to 25 minutes time, will be a TSN play-by-play announcer, Chris Cuthbert. He was in town at the Bell Center for a game number five. He was calling that game for NBC Sports. So he's going to join us. And, well, we're going to ask him our question of the day. Does he think the Habs have what it takes to come back and win this series? Because the Canadians must win on Saturday tonight against the Rangers and then hope for a game seven on Monday and then anything goes um, at that time. And joining me now, editor-in-chief and owner of the All Habs Network of Sites, is my co-host for uh, today's episode. And unfortunately, Rick is facing elimination as well. How are you doing, Rick? Yes, if, uh, if the Canadians don't win tonight, uh, I, I, there are rumors that you will trade me elsewhere in the offseason. So... Um, Got my bags packed and, and just waiting for the word. Yeah, so the pressure is on, uh, is on you as well to perform today on uh, today's uh, Habs 360 uh, podcast. And now it's time for this week's winners and losers on Habs 360. Well, it's time for our winners and our losers of uh, the week. If you're tuning in for the first time, uh, Myself and Rick, we choose a winner and a loser, Montreal Canadiens related for the past seven days. And what we and the winners, the people that we've each selected, get a Habs 360 plaque that you can see uh, posted when you watch the interviews on TV on the internet. And well, it's a lot of uh, negativity surrounding the Montreal Canadiens. So we're going to begin with our losers of uh, the week. And I'm going to begin with uh, with mine. And my loser of the week is Canadian captain Max Pacioretty. 
So Max Pacioretty, he's gotten a lot of heat. I would say it started after game number four, which is uh, the game the Canadians lost uh, two to one at uh, Madison Square Garden. It was following a goal where he didn't um, he didn't look good on one of the goals, and a lot of people were trashing his uh, work ethic if he was putting any effort. And I'm not saying that he's not trying, that he's not putting any effort, but he's the Canadians' number one goal scorer, and they need him to produce right now. The Canadians, the Habs, are up against the wall. And I'm not using a cliche, but it's the truth. They have to win game number six, and they need players like the Canadian captain, Max Pacioretty, to step up. He's their number one goal scorer of the season. He's uh, 35 to 40 goals a year. And while he hasn't scored a goal so far uh, in this series, and the he, he, I think he deserves the heat regardless if he would have been the captain or not. As, like I said, him being number one scorer, you have to produce. That's what his role is with uh, the team. And the Canadians really need him to uh, step up and produce offensively uh, starting tonight. Let's hear uh, what the coach, Claude Julien, had to say on uh, Max Pacioretty prior to uh, Game 5. Again, we're critiquing one play there, and there's a lot of things that, that happened in that game that maybe Kerry saved us and stuff like that. So, you know, again, uh, mistakes are part of a game. Uh, I, I think we have to be very careful personally that – you know, we're jumping on a guy here that has scored over 30 goals every year, and all of a sudden, you know, people think, oh, he hasn't scored yet, so let's jump on Max Pacioretty. And Max Patch, a good captain right now, and is doing whatever he can and, and wants to be better. So at the end of the day, what I'm telling you is that my job is to help him uh, be the best player he can be. Uh, and, and if you ask him, he's going to tell you the same thing. So, you know, this is a, this is a, uh, this is a sport has you know ups and downs and has uh, you know mo- you get the momentum going your way at times sometimes it doesn't so you know the ebbs and flows of the sport is what makes it interesting uh, the ebbs and flows of the sport is what makes you know people question things at the end of the day uh, we look at the big picture and that's what's important and I think Max Pacioretty I think we're pretty happy to have him here in Montreal. Well, I agree with the coach that, you know, they should be happy to have Max Pacioretty here in Montreal. And I'm, I'm not saying the Canadians should look at trading him or anything. I'm not saying that at all. But it's the time for him to uh, produce. Uh, let's hear more from uh, the coach. We heard him in the first segment said that it's his job to make him better, to help him produce. Well, there's not much time left. They need him to start producing uh, tonight. Let's hear more from the coach. Well, I think, again, this is not something I'm – going to come out here and start discussing Epps' individual play. But what I will do, Pat, is tell you that, uh, you know what, he's a good player and we're going to continue to make him a good player. And whether you guys think, you know, he hasn't done enough or not, for, from me internally, I think he's he's done a lot. And uh, and I think he's got an opportunity to be, to be better if he gets a chance to be better. And I think, uh, you know, my job is to take the pressure off him while he's getting pressure from elsewhere. So that's how I handle things. So if we look at uh, Max Pacioretty and his streaks, he's been known to be a key a player, a key goal scorer. Say. If you look at his last four playoff uh, appearances, in 2018, he scored zero goals in four games, four Canadians out in four. Uh, 2014, uh, he scored one goal in his first nine games played in the playoffs. In 2015, he scored one goal in the first four games. And then there's this year where he has uh, no goals after the first uh, five games uh, played. So, Rick, Max Pacioretty, he's my candidate. He's my selection for the loser of the week because, well, I think he needs to step up. Canadians need for him to score, and they need him to do it start of uh, game six. What are your thoughts? I won't. I won't argue with that. Um, it, it's there's no question that the Canadians need Max Pacioretty uh, involved. Um, to my sense of thinking, he has been involved. He leads the the, the team with 24 shots on goal. Um, 
ha- those shots haven't haven't gone in the net. So he's uh, you know he hasn't scored. He just has one assist. Uh, he needs to be better. He was the Canadians' leading scorer uh, during the season. Uh, they need offensive help from him. That said, that's where my criticism would end. But unfortunately, many have gone well beyond that. And the, the nonsense from both fans and, and media, disappointingly, uh, has been vicious, just completely vicious towards Max Pacioretty. And sadly, it's coming from the pro-Suban camp. Um, you know that Max Pacioretty was blamed, has been blamed for uh, P.K. Subban being traded, which is nonsense. Um, and those pro Subban folks, the ones who, you know, they focus on the back of the jersey rather than the crest on the front, um, they're out in force. They, they're talking about stripping um, Pacioretty from, with, of the captaincy um, or trading him, getting rid of him. Um, it's, it's all, it's, it's, it's terrible. I, I, I think, and, and Patch I think feels some of that. Um, he's been a little short in his interviews. Actually, I, I liked what he said. Uh, I think it was Dan Robertson, um, play by play radio, play by play for TSN asked him, um, is the fact that you haven't scored in the series weighing heavily on your mind? Something, something like that. And Patch said, well, no, um, apparently not as much as uh, it's been on your mind. I thought it was a perfect response. Perfect. Perfect. End of conversation. Um, listen, in the playoffs, you need your best players to be your best players, but you also need contributions from, you, you know, the, the opposition is going to key on those, those, on your best players. So you need other players to step up. Um, the, the, the the Penguins uh, in their first round series. He needs to score. He needs to contribute in the offense. But it's not the the where the Canadians are now is not solely on the shoulders of Max Pacioretty. Yeah, and I think I I, I definitely agree that it's not um, Max Pacioretty. If we had to pinpoint fingers of where the Canadians are right now and in the situation that they're in. Uh, I wouldn't say the reason is Max Pacioretty, but he definitely isn't. Um, you know, he isn't helping the the, the cause uh, right now. All right, so Rick, let's move on now to your loser of the week. I'm going to keep this short, and uh, as you said, you know, you send out the plaques. Um, Nate Nate Beaulieu received a plaque last week. Uh, we thought that would motivate him. Um, for being my loser of the week. And um, if you want to hear my, my semi-rant about uh, Nathan Beaulieu, go back and listen to last week's podcast. I'm, I'm not going to repeat things. Unfortunately, he only got worse uh, since our last podcast, uh, if that is even possible. Um, and to, to last game... Um, the uh, the first Rangers the shorthanded goal um, that the Rangers scored that's 100 percent now Galchenyuk yeah there was a a, a bit of a uh, a giveaway his, his shot or pass went off um, off a leg but Nathan Beaulieu got beat by both Fast and Zminijat I mean he had a couple of chances to break up that play. And he failed miserably. He looked awful. He looked, he's looked awful in each game. Um, and correspondingly, um, to surprise, the surprise of, of some, um, Nathan Bollier will sit to, tonight um, in favor of uh, Brandon Davidson. Um, now the question is: Will Will Nathan Beaulieu make his way to the press box? As as we know, last time he was sat by Julian, he 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 skipped the press box and when asked, he said, "I have nothing to learn." Well, let's see what he learns tonight. Let's see if he learns anything at all. Um, as I've said, skills there. Problem is all between the ears, and um, and he's just making bad decision after bad decision after bad decision. And for a very long time has been the Canadians worst defenseman in his own zone um, and deserves to, to sit tonight. But 
tough, tough position for Brandon Davidson to go in and, and uh, perform, but um, better than the liability that is Nathan Beaulieu. Yesterday's practice, we saw J.J. Daniels spend some extra time and talking with, uh, with Nathan Beaulieu. Uh, I'm wondering if at that time the Canadians already made the decision and that J.J. Daniels was communicating it to Nathan Beaulieu, or was it following that uh, discussion that, uh, that J.J. had with Nathan where maybe they didn't like the, uh, the attitude of uh, Nathan Beaulieu, which uh, made Claude Julien make this coaching decision uh, tonight, uh, who knows? But I agree with Rick where he continues where he left off uh, since our last episode. He seems lost on the ice defensively. Uh, he played a couple of games this week with uh, Davidson on defensive pairing and then Emelin for a game number five. And while Emelin wasn't great either in game number five, but you know we I think we can't put the blame on Emelin. On uh, for game number five, he he hadn't played in a long time because of due to injury, and then he was thrown in into a playoff game. So it's uh, he was sort of set up to fail, but the Canadians needed Alex Yemlin and they need him again, so he's going to be in there uh, tonight. And even in defensive pairings, it looks like there's going to be a change uh, to the pairings for tonight's games. Uh, Alex Yemlin will be playing with Jeff Petrie. And Davidson will be playing with uh, Ben. So that's your number two and your number three pairing. Naturally, the first pairing of Markov and Weber will uh, will stay as is. So we'll see how things go. It's uh, it's a really critical game. I'm not sure I'm crazy about that um, the third pairing of uh, Davidson and Ben, but not much choice for the Montreal Canadiens uh, right now. Interestingly, just if I can interrupt for a second, interestingly, the Colorado Avalanche tweeted today uh, that Mark Barbario played in every single game um, once he was picked up on waivers from the Montreal Canadiens. I I thought that was just remarkable timing on behalf of the Avalanche that they tweeted that today. I wonder if if that was done intentionally, who knows. And another thing that's that's interesting, uh, I think it was in last week's episode or the week before, we spoke about how uh, Dano started as the fourth line cent- as a fourth line winger and ended up first line center, and uh, we saw Galchenyuk get started off the season as the first line center and ended up on the fourth line left wing. Well, Nathan Bollier started off the season as the defensive uh, partner for Shea Weber, and now what potentially could be the last game of the season, and uh, Bollier will be in the press box. So how things can change quickly in the National Hockey League. All right, so now let's move on to our winners of uh, the week. I'm going to go first. And, well, to me, it was uh, an easy uh, choice. And my winner of the week is Arturi Lekkonen. Face off. Montreal's best draw man wins the draw. Back for Petrie. Lays it over there for Placanis. Down low. And there you go. There we heard Arturi Lekkonen's two goals in the series that were scored in game number three and game number five. And honestly, since the beginning of the series against the New York Rangers, I don't think Arturi Lekkonen has had a bad game. And probably the most consistent forward that the Canadians have had uh, since the, the series against the New York Rangers. He's also gotten uh, one assist as well, and that was in game number five, if I remember correctly. And speaking of game number five, let's hear what the coach had to say on our true Lekkonen prior to that game. Well, breaking through, he scored that goal on a power play from the slot. So, uh, you know, I think he's passed breaking through in my estimation. I think he's had a lot of great chances. But, uh, again, he's just one of those young players that uh, keeps impressing all the time. He's not uh, a young player that's intimidated. And I, I feel like I uh, keep repeating myself on him. But he's just he's just one of those young players that, uh, to me, is way ahead of, uh, of his curve of development. And, uh, you know, it's just a unbelievable hockey sense, uh, very poised and uh, – Certainly, uh, 
one of those guys that if you didn't know when you came to watch a hockey game, didn't know anything about the players, you'd never think this guy's a, a young player in his first year. So, Claude Julien, very positive on Arturi Lekkonen. And Lekkonen, like uh, the coach mentioned, he's been getting some power play time. He's been playing with uh, Plekanec and Gallagher. And, well, we had seen Bollier and Petrie on that uh, second unit of power play as uh, as well. And also during games number four and five, uh, when the coach made some changes to the lineup, we ended up seeing Lekkonen playing uh, at one point with Galchenyuk and Radulov. And another point with uh, Max Pacioretty and uh, Philip Dano. So it seemed that uh, Arturi Lekkonen was a player that the coach was using to spark the others when he was playing with uh, Galchenyuk and Radulov was probably to get them going. Uh, when he played with uh, Pacioretty and Dano, I'm sure the intention behind it was to uh, try to get uh, Max Pacioretty uh, going. And in uh, tonight's game, if it's according to the uh, the lines this morning at practice, Lekkonen would be playing on the second line with uh, Plekanec and uh, Brendan Gallagher. So, Rick Lekkonen, he's been great so far. Absolutely great. Um, early in the in the uh, playoffs, you might have picked um, Alexander Radulov as as the Canadians' best forward. He has since dropped off. The most consistent, as you said, uh, forward for the Canadians has been Arturi Lekkonen. Um, he has been, he's gotten better. He got better towards the end of the season, and he's gotten better uh, throughout the playoffs. He has been, um, I, I was looking, I've been looking forward to seeing him um, in a Canadian's uh, jersey for a very long time, and uh, he's not disappointed at all. In fact, he's, he's impressed and opened some eyes. He's been terrific. Um, and certainly uh, d- deserves is deserving of uh, a winner of the week. So, Rick, let's continue on this positivity. Hopefully, we'll help the Canadians come back and uh, win the next two games. So, let's be positive. Who's uh, your winner? I'm gonna I'm gonna pick a group, and and essentially they're the the Canadians' uh, leaders, the leaders on the team. Um, just briefly mention each one. Andre Markov, for all the, the criticism early in the season he's got, he's been he had a very good season. He's been terrific on the uh, in the playoffs. He's been terrific since uh, moving up to the first pairing with Shea Weber. Um, unbelievably, he's averaging 27 minutes a night, um, and that's uh, in, that's um, partly because of, of Shea Weber, who's at 28 or 28 and a half minutes a night. Um, he's been a workhorse. Shea Weber has been unbelievable. Um, exactly what, what uh, Mark Bergevin wanted when he acquired him, um, added a goal and a couple assists. He's been terrific. Uh, Thomas Pocanitz, who, again, another player who received criticism, not at the beginning of the season, all season long, has been outstanding in the playoffs. Goal on two assists. Um, he's been dominant in the face-off uh, circle, near 58%. Um, Thomas Pocanitz has, uh, has, has really been um, a, a force for the Canadians um, in the playoffs. Um, and Carey Price. Uh, what can, can we say about Carey Price um, through the playoffs? 1.82 goals against, 9.36 save percentage. Um, unbelievably, um, we're hearing we heard some criticism uh, about Price after Thursday's game. Um, there's two narratives that I think are really silly. Number one, Lundqvist is outplaying Carey Price. That's just <laughs> that's just it's a, it's it's uh, fool's logic to say that um, uh, that because the 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 Habs uh, forwards um, have an inability to consistently generate scoring chances, that Lundqvist is out outplaying Price. It just simply isn't true. Uh, both both goalies have given up ten goals in the series. Uh, they both played well. Um, the other narrative that's dumb is Price needs to steal a game. Um, you know, if if the Canadians had had scored in overtime uh, on Thursday night, particularly the way the Rangers played and the way Price played in overtime, 
Would the narrative have been that Price stole the game? Absolutely. The, in order for, for Price to steal the game, the Canadians have to, have to score. The forwards have to score. So that, that's dumb narrative number two. Anyways, um, Price has been terrific. Uh, Weber, Markov, Placanitz, they all get my uh, winner of the week. And, and in addition to Lekkonen, uh, I'll support you on that too. And, well, there's not much I can add to that. One thing that I was surprised uh, to see was it was a game number four at Madison Square Garden on that first goal that the Rangers scored where it went, I don't know, it was a bad play from Marco, a bad bounce off his skate, and the Rangers ended up scoring. And I think it was so surprising that even Carey Price wasn't expecting that, uh, that bounce, that misplay there from Markov and led to a goal. But besides that particular play, Markov and all the players you mentioned have definitely had a, a good uh, a good series. So, so great nominations as well. All right, we're going to take our first break here on the Habs 360 podcast. Coming up next, we're going to be asking uh, TSN's Chris Cuthbert, play-by-play man of the NHL, our question of the day, which is what do the Habs have to do to come back and win the series? You can also let us know your comments via Twitter at Habs360 and leave your comments on the All Habs Facebook page. Stay with us. This is the Habs 360 podcast featured on allhabs.net. Don't live close to Montreal? Ever feel like you're the only Habs fan in town? Chances are good that there are plenty of fellow fans just around the corner. And HabsTweetUp.com will help you find them. If you're interested in hosting a hockey party in your city, visit HabsTweetUp.com for more details. You'll be connected to other Habs fans near you in no time. Hi, I'm Chris G. The Habs 360 podcast and Anthony from MartoCanvas.com are pleased to announce the Habs contest will run during every Habs game in the playoffs and will give you an opportunity to win a great prize courtesy of Art2Canvas.com. Follow Habs360 and Habs Happy on Twitter for more details and for high-quality Canvas start at a reasonable price. Visit Art2Canvas.com. Good luck. In every city around the world, sports fans flock to popular watering holes to share a few pints, some good grub, and to cheer for their team. Think your favorite sports bar deserves to be recognized? Or are you traveling to a new place and need to find the perfect spot to watch a game? HockeyPub.com is the answer. Find out where the best spots are in your city to eat, drink, and meet fellow fans. HockeyPub.com If you're a business owner looking for the perfect platform to reach a targeted audience of customers, Rocket Sports Media is the solution. Our global hockey community provides unmatched social media reach to an attentive demographic of sports and entertainment fans. We can provide visibility to your company, helping you to engage and leverage this prime group of potential clientele. In addition, we also offer sponsorship opportunities for fan events and featured areas of website content, giving you name and logo recognition. Visit Rocketsportsmedia.com to contact us for further details and information regarding this unique marketing opportunity. This is the Habs 360 podcast, featured on allhabs.net. All right, welcome back to episode 208 of the Habs 360 podcast. My name is Chris G. You can follow me on Twitter at ChrisG1980, along with Rick Stevens from allhabs.net. Uh, leading up to game number six between the Canadians and the New York Rangers tonight, 8 o'clock uh, Eastern, a game that could be seen uh, coast-to-coast. And joining us now, play-by-play man for TSN, but he does some work for NBC as well. He was in game number five in Montreal for uh, to call it for NBC Sports. It's uh, Chris Cuthbert. How are you doing, Chris? I'm good, Chris and Rick. Good to be back with you. Perfect. It's great to have you. Uh, so, Chris, you were in the building on Thursday night at the Bell Centre, uh, most of our listeners, including myself, we watched the game on TV. 
but through the, the television, the atmosphere at the Bell Center looked uh, electric. How was it uh, on site? Yeah, spectacular. Uh, I was kidding that, it, that you could call it the Decibel Center because of, uh, of the atmosphere, and uh, unfortunately the atmosphere was a lot better at the start than uh, at the end for obvious reasons. But, uh, uh, you know, it, it, for me it's, it's not a playoff season unless I do get uh, a game in Montreal because it is special. And it wasn't your first game. We'll keep it short term this year in the playoffs. How did how did it compare to other games that you've called uh, this season in the playoffs? Well, I, I've been in uh, three different rinks in the postseason and uh, uh, been pretty lucky to be involved in some electric atmospheres. Uh, Columbus was good, uh, especially when they were ahead in their game against uh, Pittsburgh. I did the overtime uh, game that the Penguins won uh, in Game Three. Uh, and I've done a couple of the Leaf games, and uh, the Air Canada Centre has been uh, a lot different this year than it's been probably since they opened the building, or at least uh, since uh, 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 you know the last couple of playoff rounds. This is a, a it's a different team and a different atmosphere in Toronto, but uh, there is again something about doing a playoff game in Montreal. Perfect. So now let's go back to the series between the Canadians and the Rangers. Uh, the Rangers are up three to two must win for the, the Canadians. And the, I'll ask you the same question that we're asking our listeners and our followers on social media. Uh, what do the Canadians have to do to come back and win the series? Well, for me, uh, I, I don't think they have to change a whole lot to what I saw for at least the first 40 minutes uh, the other night. I was struck by the Canadian speed and yet physicality at the same time, I thought they were the better team for 40 minutes and maybe a little bit more, uh, especially in the first period. Um, but they, they let the Rangers off the hook. They outplayed them badly and, and didn't build a lead. And uh, I guess obviously they've got to cash in on their chances. Uh, uh, they need, uh, they, they need more goal production uh, I know everybody's looking at the captain and, and uh, I'd be looking there too. Um, but when I went into the game, and I, I still feel the same way, that uh, that uh, when you're playing a team that's playing well defensively with a hot goaltender, that you, uh, you you might need a little help from the back end too, and maybe the fourth guy in the rush to uh, to help uh, generate chances. And uh, we all know Shea Weber can shoot the puck harder than anybody, but are, are there some defensemen that can jump up in the rush, uh, create the odd man situation? Uh, Kind of like Brady Shea did on uh, on the game tying goal for the Rangers. And while well, you're talking about, let's say, the Canadians defensemen, uh, today we found out during practice that uh, Nathan Beaulieu will be a healthy scratch tonight. Uh, a lot of criticism towards him. Do you think that's that's fair? Well, obviously Claude Julian thinks it's fair. Or he wouldn't be making that change. Uh, I I think he's. One of those guys that uh, that does get uh, he's kind of a flashpoint of criticism. Um, at his best, he's the kind of guy I'm talking about that can be a positive. Uh, but at the same time, and, and and I'm looking for defensemen to jump in, but you've got to do it at the right time. You can't you can't get caught the other way. And it, it's kind of a team aspect where uh, if your defensemen are jumping or sealing the wall or, or moving in like like Shea did, you you better have support and. Uh, that's why I'm I'm not always eager to to blame the defenseman, but I know uh, I I know Nathan's uh, uh, been the source of some criticism this year, and uh, and uh, we'll see if uh, we'll see if that change helps. Hi, Chris. It's Rick Stevens, All Habs Hockey Magazine. Um, before the season, uh, be, uh, before the series began, we heard the narratives that you know the Canadians. Uh, had had success during the regular season. We heard that Henrik Lundqvist couldn't win at the Bell Center. We, you know, even uh, Julian has a better postseason record than Vigneault. Uh, something's happened there. Do you sense now that that the a growing confidence throughout the series uh, by the Rangers, or was that never an issue for them at all? Well, I, I you know, the Rangers, have, uh, I guess, like most teams, seem to. Uh, seemed to have had a roller coaster year. I, I did a lot of Ranger games this year and, uh, and and for most of the year I saw a team that was very good, that played with speed, uh, that was uh, 
uh, a high-scoring team. Uh, the one issue I saw was that Henrik Lundqvist was not having a, a terrific year. In fact, a- Antti Ranta took over for a uh, for a point in the season when when I started doing a few of their games in uh, in late January, early February. Um, I kind of thought that the Rangers' issues late in the year were they didn't have anything to play for, and they were probably way too comfortable being in fourth place in the in the Metro, and and instead of running the gauntlet in in on that side of the the bracket, uh, they probably did prefer to play uh, Montreal or Ottawa or, or Boston on the other side, and and. Uh, um, but I, I think the biggest difference now than than maybe a month or two ago is is the real Henrik Lundqvist has shown up and uh, um, and he's playing his best of the season and uh, and I think Rick Nash is playing the best uh, that he's played all season too. Not to suggest he didn't have a great year, but uh, um, I think we're getting the best of Nash at the best time. Uh, we heard uh, Claude Julien. Um maybe in a bit of gamesmanship say uh, the pressure is all on the Rangers to close in, in game six. Uh, are you buying that? Uh, are, are the, do you think the players are buying that from uh, Claude Julien? Well, you know, coaches try anything they can, they can work. Uh, to me, if, if you're playing a game and if you don't win, you're going home, there's, there's plenty of pressure. And, and, and you know, at this, this close to the end of a series, sure. Both teams have uh have uh, certain concerns. Uh, you, you know, there's nobody on the New York Rangers that wants to uh, go back to the Bell Center for Game Seven. Nevertheless, um, there might be a little, uh, a little more comfort. So, actually, I'd turn the tables on Claude Julian and say maybe if the Rangers feel a little pressure, that's that's a better thing because uh, the Rangers are going to uh, to give it their uh, you know their best shot tonight uh, because. Uh, uh, if you're thinking that the Rangers are comfortable knowing they've got two chances, then uh, maybe you wouldn't see their best tonight. So uh, uh, I, I'm not big on that. I know Mike Babcock left Washington last night telling everybody that works at the uh, Verizon Center that he'd see them in a couple of days. Uh, that's great bravado, and you, 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 you're trying to send a positive message, but uh, it doesn't change that uh, you're down 3-2 in the series. And, uh, Chris, uh, tonight one of the changes in the Canadiens lineup is that uh, Andrew Shaw, he's out with an upper body injury uh, day-to-day, so he won't be in the lineup. Uh, how, what kind of an impact do you think this will have to the Canadiens missing a player like Andrew Shaw? Well, I know Shaw hasn't, uh, hasn't provided any offense in this series yet, but uh, I think he is an important guy. I think he uh, – I, I thought Brendan Gallagher was as good as any Canadian in uh, – in in game five and and Shaw's that kind of player, uh, you know he's a guy that uh, uh, on a third line provides um, uh, a lot of different aspects to to help a team and 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 he can move it up and down the lineup. So so I you know I I, I think it uh, I I think it's a tough loss for the Canadians. I, I guess uh, Flynn goes in and you might get a little more speed or whatever, but uh, um, but in a in a game where you're facing elimination, I. I probably rather have a guy that's uh that's been on a couple of stanley cup teams and has been through the through this kind of thing before the last time these two teams met uh, in a playoff series was 2014 um the eastern conference final uh rangers won that uh four to two uh tonight if the rangers win that it's the same it's the same result um but back in 2014 carrie price played just one game and was out with that uh knee injury uh, 2017 was supposed to be different it was supposed to be different given that Carey Price was um, uh, healthy and in the lineup what's in the Canadians uh, per, for the Canadians perspective what's gone wrong well again there you know it's it's a it's a lack of offense it's nothing I mean Carey Price would into the last game with I mean the save percentages for both Lundqvist and Price were we're off the charts. They're playing well enough defensively. I mean, the penalty kill has been perfect. Uh, they've had more uh, power play goals than uh, than the Rangers in the series. Uh, but again, I mean, they run. They've run into a hot goaltender, and they they haven't taken advantage of their chances yet. So uh, the big guns, the guys that are paid to score, um, are are going to have to change the narrative tonight. And uh, uh, you know, I it. it uh, I think the Rangers are a team that uh, we have to uh, 
we have to realize has been uh, as successful as any team that hasn't won the cup in the last five years. Uh, uh, they, they've played a lot of playoff games. They've played a lot of important games. They've won a lot of them. Um, and they've had their hearts broken a little bit at the end, uh, you know, with a, with a Stanley Cup loss and a conference final loss in the last two of the last three years. So, uh, um, you know, it's still a good team, and it's, it's been through a lot. And uh, uh, i got to tell you, this was, for me, the toughest series to, to predict. I, I really, when I looked at it and, and tried to go through the strengths and weaknesses of both teams, I – it was the one series where I, I I just didn't think there was there was much between these two teams and and based on what I've seen in five games and what I saw in in game five uh, firsthand I I'm, I'm sticking to that. So uh, Chris, we know for you in the playoffs you get sent a little bit all over the place. Uh, do you know where's your next game? Uh, not yet. Uh, I'm, I'm probably waiting now till the second round. Um, I will tell you that I'm most likely going out west, but uh, uh, from what I've seen so far, guys, uh, and I didn't believe it heading into the playoffs, but uh, but I feel a lot more comfortable in thinking that that the Pittsburgh Penguins are are the team to beat right now. That's uh, that's a pretty impressive group, and and they're playing at uh, at a speed that uh, is going to give any team that they play a, a lot of trouble. All right, so we'll definitely be watching. So thank you very much for joining us, uh, Chris, and we'll be watching Thanks, for you uh, somewhere in the second round. Okay, guys, uh, I know uh, I know who you're cheering for tonight. Uh, good luck, and uh, <laughs> it'll be interesting to see it go seven. Thanks Perfect. very much, Thank Chris. you very much, Chris. Thanks. All right, take care. All right, so that was uh, TSN and, uh, well, NBC for during the postseason. Chris Cuthbert joining us to talk uh, Montreal Canadiens. He was in the building for a game number five at the, the, the Bell Centre. So it's great uh, to hear the insight from somebody who's been covering the game for many, many years. Uh, and he's seen a lot of hockey games. And, well, even when we heard when he spoke about the ambiance, uh, Chris Cuthbert has been all over the place for many years, and he said it was up there. So if the Canadians move on to a game number seven, that's exactly the type of atmosphere they'll need uh, from their from their fans. All right, we're going to take our break right now. Uh, our question of the day, what do the Habs have to do to come back and win the series? Chris Cuthbert, we asked him the same question. He said, not much. They just have to keep playing like they did. He liked what he saw in the first 40 minutes of game number six, so they just need to extend that to a 60-minute effort. You can let us know via Twitter at Habs360. You can leave your comments on the All Habs Facebook page, and you can give us a call toll-free at 1-877-455-4945. Stay with us. This is the Habs 360 podcast featured on allhabs.net. For the most trusted source of news, analysis, and features about the Montreal Canadiens, their affiliates, and their prospects, log in to allhabs.net, your year-round resource for anything Habs-related. That's allhabs.net. If you missed a recent episode of the Habs 360 podcast, visit the podcast page on allhabs.net or search Habs 360 on iTunes for our archives. Want to make sure you never miss another episode? Subscribe to Habs 360 on iTunes and all new episodes will automatically download for you. Ticket IQ, today's leading sponsor, is a leading event ticket search engine. Offering a low price guarantee on all events in Montreal, you will not find better deals on Canadians' tickets than through Ticket IQ. Download their mobile app in the App Store or Google Play and get $20 off your first order. Head to the App Store. Search Ticket IQ and be on your way to the best deals on Canadians' tickets. Hams 360 is proud to be a partner of Rocket Sports Media, digital media publishers of sports and entertainment websites. In addition to building a worldwide network of sports fans, the team at RSM is also dedicated to mobilizing the sports community in ways that make a difference in the lives of others. Giving back to the community bridges the gap between team affiliations, it's something any fan can support. RSM proudly provided support for organizations and projects like Hockey Fights Cancer, Five Hole for Food, the Montreal Canadiens Children's Foundations, Autism Speaks, Leukemia and Lymphoma Society of Canada, 
and the People of Canada Portrait Project, just to name a few. If you would like to be involved with a Rocket Power project or have a worthy fundraising initiative you'd like us to be part of, please contact us at rocketsportsmedia.com. This is the Habs 360 podcast, featured on allhabs.net. This edition of the Ice Caps Report is brought to you by AHL.Report, your premier source for the St. John's Ice Caps, the AHL affiliate of the Montreal Canadiens. AHL.Report is a proud member of the Rocket Sports Media Network. And well, Rick, uh, last week when we spoke about the uh, the Ice Caps, they were right before a must-win game, a win-and-you're-in type of game. They ended up winning. And now they've uh, they're they're in the playoffs. They are in the playoffs, and um, they're facing the uh, division winners, the Syracuse Crunch. Um, it's a uh, in the AHL first round is a best of five. Uh, so the Crunch have chosen to start on the road. It's a two-three um, setup. So the first two games are in uh, St. John's. Next three will be in Syracuse. Last night was the first game, um, and the uh, Ice Caps won uh, two to two to one, so they're up one nothing in the series. Um, only having to win um, two more to to take this. Uh, Charlie Lindgren was outstanding last night, um, making uh, uh, twenty eight saves, I think. Um, he was uh, named the first star. Uh, the goal scorers were Chris Terry and Nikita Sherback. Uh, Charles Sudan had a couple of assists. Uh, so a, a very impressive start um, uh, for the uh, for the Ice Caps. They play tonight. Game two is uh, again in St. John's, as I mentioned. Um, and just of note for for Canadians fans, a uh, couple of of uh, junior players uh, headed out to St. John's and joined the team. Uh, that's uh, first round pick Noah Jolson. Uh, both of them are defensemen, Noah Jolson and uh, Victor Mete, fourth round pick from last year. Uh, they've joined the team. Um, they'll probably be, um, I, I don't see them getting into the lineup anytime soon, uh, but they're to gain some experience and, uh, and we'll likely see them with the ice caps. Uh, well, uh, the Laval rocket next season. So um Good to have them out there and getting some experience and practicing with the team. And also the Canadians ECHL affiliate, the Brampton Beast, they're in the playoffs as well. Why don't you give us an update on how they're doing? Uh, the Brampton Beast, um, it's a seven-game series there. It's an interesting format, a 2-3-2 format. They started in Reading, um, played two games. Now they're in the midst of their three-game uh, home stretch uh, in Brampton. Um, that series is all tied up 2-2. Uh, game five is tonight at the Power 8 Center in, in uh, Brampton. Uh, and then they head back for games, um, uh, the last two games of the series in, uh, in Reading again. Uh, Brampton's been playing uh, pretty well. It's been a tight, tight series. Uh, Reading is, is a very aggressive, uh, strong forecheck, um, a speedy team. Um, Two fairly evenly matched teams. Um, the Royals won uh, on Thursday night, three to two. And as I said, they go again tonight in Game Five. So uh, good luck to uh, the other Canadians, the ECHL affiliate of the Canadians, the Brampton Beast. This edition of the Ice Caps Report is brought to you by AHL.Report, your premier source for the St. John's Ice Caps, the AHL affiliate of the Montreal Canadiens. AHL.Report is a proud member of the Rocket Sports Media Network. You know, it's tough, obviously. Um, you know, tying the series, playing game five, we know how important it is, but that said, um, you know, we're going into a situation here where we're going to learn a lot about our group. We're going to learn, um, you know, what type of character I have. I think, you know, if uh, if you don't have character, this is the time where you're going to doubt yourself. If you have character, this is this is the time where uh, the belief is going to come out of your group. And, um, you know, we'll see what we have, but pretty confident in the guys that we have here that we're going to be able to just worry about game six now. We've got to find a way to win one, and the rest will take care of itself. Well, I think right now, we're, you know, in order to 
to get through this, we're going to need more from, from a lot of guys. You know, I think uh, it's going to be time for everybody to, certain players to elevate their game and then, and, you know, have that confidence and, and that uh, desire to, to, to be better. Uh, there's no doubt when you lose games and, uh, and you're, you're behind 3-2, uh, you can't be satisfied as a team. And uh, there's certain players we all know that can, uh, uh, can certainly uh, give us a little bit more, and then hopefully that's going to happen. All right, welcome back. Episode 208 of the Habs 360 podcast for this Saturday, April 22nd, 2017. My name is Chris G, along with uh, Rick Stevens from uh, allhabs.net. Uh, so we heard there the coach, Claude Julien, saying that uh, for the Canadians to come back and win, they need a lot of players. They expect more uh, to step up uh, for game number six tonight at uh, 8 o'clock Eastern. And, well, a couple of players that I'll be looking at to uh, step up in tonight's game. I already spoke about uh, Max Pacioretty in the first segment. He definitely needs to uh, to step up and uh, help produce uh, offensively. Uh, a player that uh, Rick mentioned in the first segment was uh, Radulov, who started off uh, the series being the best Canadians forward. And then, while well, it seems like his performance has been... Uh, he's been has been playing as well towards the last couple of games where we need to see the Radulov from games number one and uh, two as well. Alex Galchenyuk, he's playing center. He'll need to uh, step up and produce uh, as well. And then for the fourth line, uh, there was a, there's a brand new fourth line. Uh, Mitchell will not be playing tonight. Uh, Michael McCarron will be in there along with uh, King and Ott. And they're going to have to do the role. McCarron, it's his first game in the postseason. He's probably going to be excited uh, to be in there as well. So he just needs to make sure that he doesn't make any mistakes uh, tonight, that he's there doing his role, being physical, and um, and just, you know, be the player that the Canadians want him to be. Uh, defensively is where I think it will get uh, tricky uh, for tonight's game. Uh, we saw Nathan Bollier is out of the lineup. Uh, we have a pairing of Emlyn and Petrie. The one that's um, a, a, more of a question mark for me tonight is the, the pairing of uh, Davidson and Ben. Ben, I think he's been all right during the, the, the postseason. Uh, Davidson, he's been in and out. So he's the question mark uh, as, uh, as well. But for sure, defensively, the Canadians do need to step up uh, their game tonight. And to answer directly our question, do the Canadians have what it takes to come back and win the series? If all of the players are playing at their best, they definitely do. And just like Chris Cuthbert mentioned in the last segment, these two teams are very uh, evenly um, in, in terms of strength. To see the Rangers win three games in a row... Uh, games four, five, and six. I'd I'd be surprised if uh, if that happens. So I still think the Canadians do have a chance to come back and win this series. So Rick, before we go to Twitter, before we go to Facebook, let me ask you our question of the day: uh, Do the Habs have what it takes to come back and win the series? They they certainly have what it takes. Um, and as as Chris, Chris Cuthbert said, it has been very even mentioned before that uh, each goaltender has given up uh, 10 goals. Uh, the Rangers have 11. The, the difference in, in the series, the Rangers have 11 goals for Canadians have 10. That one goal is an empty netter by um, uh, Michael Grabner in game one. Uh, so it's been an even series. Um, but there, there are the players that you mentioned that uh, need to stay as, uh, you know, pick it up and, uh, and contribute. Um, We'd like to see Pat ready and a lot of pressure is on him, but um, Alex Galchenyuk is a game breaker. Um, Philip Deneau is, is uh, disappeared for good portions of this series. If he's going to play on the first line, he needs to contribute. And maybe it's somebody uh, as uh, Chris Cuthbert mentioned, maybe it's some offense from, from the, the blue line. Maybe it's a Jeff Petrie that, uh, um, you know, he had a good stretch there in February. Maybe it's him that uh, uh, pots a goal. Um, Paul Byron um, has just one goal. Um, and as we know, um, 
broke the 20 barrier uh, during the season. So it it would be uh, nice to see something from him. Um, It's the the Canadians, the Canadians are capable. Um, It's just what's going on. What's their mindset. Um, And uh, I think that, that the first goal tonight, as it often does, but particularly tonight is going to play a, a big uh, have a big impact in the way the the game rolls out um, because it's that's going to affect the uh, Madison Square Garden uh, crowd as well. So, Ab360, the most informative and uh, informative podcast that you'll find. Let's go on Twitter and see what our followers have to say. Uh, Bill Gardner from Belleville writes. Carey Price, Mr. Saturday Night, will steal a Habs victory tonight by playing his game and not King Henry's. Uh, Blaine, uh, Blaine Podvin writes, Canadians need to ha- have some traffic, shots, and tips. So thank you for uh, the tweet. Next tweet comes from uh, Cole. Cole writes, Price needs to win goaltender battle. Hasn't so far. Patretti needs to find a twine getting chances, but no finish. So so there's one of the narratives that you spoke, Rick, about uh, Carey Price not winning the uh, the goaltender <laughs> battle from one of our it's followers. It's just silly. It's just silly. Uh, next tweet comes from uh, Jim uh, Kitagua from, uh, in Alberta. He writes, the good Habs team needs to reappear for games six and seven. Put the, Hab, put the bad Habs team back in the closet the up-and-down season continues. So thank you for the tweet, Jim. Uh, Pino from uh, Ottawa writes, create more offense and score their biggest... uh, Sorry, create more offense and score their biggest problem all year. Thank you for the tweet. Uh, Then in terms of having confidence, if the Canadians can win tonight uh, based on their, uh, their changes in the lineup, Jeff Gregor writes, nope, Emelyn and King out, Mitchell and Bowyer in. So thank you for the tweet, Jeff. And, well, keeping Bowyer in isn't, um, isn't uh, uh, what the majority think uh, right now. Uh, Mo Bouchard, confident we can win. Guys who haven't stepped up can make a difference. Flynn in makes me nervous. A bowler is like Gomez, all sizzle, no steak. <laughs> so thank you for that, Mo. Uh, bye-bye 2010 from Halifax, Nova Scotia writes, they say Pax, uh, Max Pacioretty has a lot of pressure. No, he does not. Just throw up, score, and lead like you are paid to, and quit disappearing. So not a fan of Max Pacioretty. Marcel, loyal follower, Right, everything is possible. Uh, Canadians have not have not said their last words. There's a lot of talent on this team. So thank you for uh, the tweet, Marcel. Deborah from Montreal, she writes, get loads of traffic in front of Lundqvist and just keep shooting at the net. So thank you for the tweet, Deborah. Uh, David writes, I promised myself I wasn't going to cry today. No excuses. Go Habs, go. So, David, he really needs a win for the Canadians uh, tonight. And Miss Lord Stanley, she writes, they need to stop being nice. They also need to quit fleeing the zone so quickly, get rebounds and score, uh, flood the slot occasionally. So thank you for the tweet, Miss Lord. And I'm assuming the uh, stop being nice could be in reference to uh, earlier in the series when... uh, Rick Nash crashed into Carey Price as he was, you know, driving into uh, into the net. Last tweet comes from Blaine. He writes, Canadians need the first goal and scoring from guys like Pacioretty, Radulov, Galchenyuk, and Paul Byron. And nothing against the guy, but when you're out there saying that you need a goal by somebody like Paul Byron, you're, you're a little bit in trouble, I think. So, So thank you, everybody. So, Rick, if we move on to the All Habs Facebook page, lots of reaction on uh, on Facebook. The the page is full of of comments uh, and responses. And, and if you're not there, if you're on Facebook and you you're not on the All Habs Facebook page, 
Uh, you should be. Uh, how to find it? Just enter all Habs, all one word, um, in your search bar, and you'll get to the all Habs uh, hockey magazine um, page on Facebook. We've, we've had uh, the reach has been in the last week uh, three quarters of a million. So uh, there are a ton of people uh, reading. There are a ton of people responding. So you need to get there too. Um, I'm, I'm going to start. There's there's uh, lots of comments, but I'm going to start with this one because it just makes me smile and laugh, and and um, and shows that we get a wide variety of uh, responses. Keith Gordon says, um, get Cassian and David DeHarnay back from the Edmonton Oilers. <laughs> of course, uh, actually, Zach Cassian's had a pretty decent playoff run, and David DeHarnay scored the uh, overtime winner. Um, last, uh, last game. Um, that's just, yeah. Okay. That's silliness. Um, what do we have here? Garth Asham, who is a regular, uh, hi Garth. And, um, thanks Garth. Cause he consistently posts, uh, to, uh, to the page at one time. He, Garth says at one time it was an honor to wear the Habs Jersey and play hard. These guys that don't show up aren't fooling anyone. It's sad. Uh, so he's a bit pessimistic about the, the Habs' chances. Uh, Franco Tonin uh, says, how about scoring some goals? Uh, Price is keeping you guys in this, and you're letting them down. Um, Itzra Kret says, sit, Beaulieu. And uh, Itza, I guess your uh, coach Julian heard your, your words. Uh, Karen McNeil says, just go out and play 60 minutes, stay out of the box. Uh, give Kerry a break and play like a team. Uh, so these people are, are, are putting the onus on, on the Canadians to, uh, to score some goals and not Kerry Price. Uh, Richard Martel says, stop going out there and trying to hit everything all the time. Um, Thursday night was a prime example. We hit and we hit and we hit for the first 20 minutes. And some of the second, then we seemed like we got tired and the Rangers took over. Uh, the, I don't know if it was from the hitting, but the Canadians looked tired in overtime. They looked gassed in overtime, and um, uh, the, the the Rangers dominated. Um, but this has been a very physical series. Uh, Richard's right on that. Um, Amanda Russ says, stop having all three men on just one side of the goal and spread out and have someone on the other side of the net maybe. He's giving, she's giving some coaching advice here to, uh, to Claude Julien. Maybe then every free. time it's – yeah, for free, yeah. Uh, it's pushed to the middle. The Rangers wouldn't get it every time. Uh, better win this one uh, on Saturday. All right. Um, uh, James Barlow says, we need guys in front of the net for a rebound. A lot of passes and bad angle shots just going in front of the Rangers net with no one there to slap it in. Now that's – um, insightful because I think there's been uh, as well as Lundqvist has played, he's given up rebounds and, um, and the Canadians haven't battled to get them there. And, and perhaps I'm, I'm a little puzzled uh, with, uh, with Mitchell coming out, but perhaps that's one of the reasons because uh, he's played well, but that's one of the reasons that McCarron is in is because he can battle to the front of the net and uh, perhaps he can either screen, do the screening um, of Lundqvist or, uh, or tap in one of, one of those um, rebounds. Uh, Richard Legrandier says, uh, Habs can't give up and they have to back up Price. He can't keep doing this by himself. They have to shoot the puck on the net, not just passing it around. Let's go Habs. Um, I, I think that, that, that the um, here's another one, attack the net, screen the hell out of Lundqvist, create traffic. There's a lot of, of, of uh, Canadians fans thinking that the Habs need to do more in front of the net. And they're probably uh, very right on that. So thank everybody as well who left your comments on the All Habs Facebook page. You can join the conversation just by liking uh, the All Habs page if you haven't done so uh, already. Listen up. It's time for some bad tweets on Hams 360. And, Rick, when the Canadians have lost two games in a row, especially in the playoffs, uh, I'm sure it wasn't too hard for you to find a bad tweet. <laughs> There's lots. There's plenty. 
Um, uh, here's here's one though that is is kind of simplistic, uh, and maybe summarizes the thoughts of many, and is completely a dumb tweet. Um, this is Alex. Uh, his handle on on Twitter is Hab Central. He says, "I hate to say it, but Price's playoff record is nothing to ride home about. He needs to be better." Um, uh, there's as as I've explained, uh, as Chris Cuthbert has explained. Um, that Price is doing everything he can and has been doing everything to uh, to keep the Canadians in this series. The the, the blame should fall on um, a th- you know a thousand different. There's a thousand different reasons before you get to Carey Price uh, why the the Canadians find themselves in the situation they're in. Uh, so Alex, you get the honors uh, this week of uh, bad tweet of the week. All right, so now we're in the final moments of uh, today's episode. Uh, so next week, it's either one of two things we'll be doing on uh, the pod- the podcast. We'll uh, either be looking ahead and actually probably speaking about the round, a round two matchup between the Canadians and the winner of uh, the Bruins Senator Series, or we'll be wrapping up the Canadian season. So it's one of those two. So Rick, I'll put you on the spot. Uh, what do you think we'll be talking about next week? I think we're going to be talking about uh, the Canadians. We're going to be talking about the Ice Caps, and we're going to be talking about the Beast <laughs> and all the playoff, <laughs> all the playoff action that's happened during the week. All right, so I'll agree with you then on uh, on that. And I'll, I'll, uh, people will have to tune in and and find out. But one thing that is for sure. For next week's episode, myself and Rick, there's going to be at least something that we won't agree on. So that's uh, guaranteed uh, that you could take that to the bank from uh, from now. So Rick, so thank you very thank you very much for uh, for joining me today. Uh, it's a big day and uh, a big day for the Canadians organization, a big day for the the Montreal Canadiens themselves, and uh, a great guest today uh, in Chris Cuthbert. So great show. Uh, thanks. Uh, appreciate being here, Chris. Yeah, so if you if you missed uh, part of or all of the interview of Chris Cuthbert or you want to listen to it again, uh, visit our archives by searching Habs360 on iTunes or to the to allhabs.net on the Habs360 uh, page. I uh, thank everybody who sent in your uh, tweets on the Habs360 Twitter account and everybody who left your comments on the Facebook page. My name is Chris G at Chris G1980. Regardless of the outcome of the Canadian series, we're going to be back next Saturday, 2 p.m. Eastern, for another edition of the Habs 360 podcast. Have a good week, everybody. For the latest news on the Montreal Canadiens, follow us on Twitter at Habs360 and visit allhabs.net.